Welcome to episode 99. Now I know Amelia usually does these intros, but she does most of the talking in this episode, so I'm going to tell you what's up. Long story short, Amelia isn't taking shit from self-centered jerks anymore. This episode is all about loving yourself, establishing healthy boundaries, and trying to maintain a compassionate heart. It's a good one. listen to us for a while knows we hate valentine's day and we did a whole episode about why we hate it so you can go back and find that one but uh it was towards the end of our first year i guess yeah yeah anyway um but it just kind of i was looking at the calendar and realizing that that what we're recording right now is going to be released on february 14th and that's kind of hilarious to me because what I need to tell you guys, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of love in this, but it's also really unpleasant. <laughs> Pitney knows, Pitney knows what I'm, what, what's been going on with me. So. Yeah, but we do thrive on the unpleasant. I'll we usually not on, the, not on the unpleasant affecting us necessarily. But anyway, <laughs> this is true. Anyway. This is, this is very true. <laughs> All right. So, um. I guess I guess the best place to start is to get people caught up with what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. So okay, so most people who've been listening to us for a while know that I had kind of a shitty year, and uh, a little over a year ago had a weird falling out that I didn't understand with a friend. Uh, we recorded. A lot of stuff last year, off and on, we did an episode about addiction, we did an episode about therapy, we did an episode about friendship ending. We, t- I mean, we we touched on things related to the extreme levels of anguish I had over the dissolution of this friendship quite a bit. Um, and then, when it was time for... Th- the thankful episode where we talk about gratitude, I was totally grateful for how my year went because my year ended so much better than it began. And I gushed over the fact that my friend was back. And then when we recorded stuff in December, the stuff you guys heard in, you know, in January, uh, I was continuing to be like, Oh, it's really great. Yeah, and I'm not going to interrupt your story about this, but I just got to tell you uh-huh. that uh, where I was sad for you and upset for you and pissed off for you, uh-huh. I was, unfortunately, I was not surprised. I know, I know. And I, well, 
I, I was surprised, but it was one of those things where I had, I had to see it from the outside. Mm-hmm. And I also, I received information. But let's just, okay, let me just sort of sum up. So, end of October, the guy and I, we start a new job. We both happen to get the same job at the same time. And our desks are right near each other. And yay, isn't this wonderful? And the, from the very first day, he's talking to me and it's nice. The next day, uh, I go to therapy. I come back from therapy. He has a text message. And he thinks uh, he thinks his girlfriend is about to break up with him. And so I'm hearing about this girl that he's been dating. And he's think he's worried that her I want to talk text means that they're going to break up. The next day they have broken up. He is totally fucking depressed and that basically and and we didn't really have anything to do. We didn't have work. We didn't have the computers we needed. We didn't have the software. We didn't have anything. So we basically had about two months with nothing but time Mm -hmm. and him being sad and me being kind of really happy to be there for him um, and when I say it now, it feels like, God, I'm stupid. Okay, so. <laughs> so but you never know that in, when you're no, in it, you know. When I'm in it, I mean, the thing is, there's a reason why people know they can come to me when they're, when their life is shit. Mm-hmm. I'm good at, be, you know. I'm good at being nurturing. I'm good at being, at, at like, cutting through shit and helping you find, like, the nugget of good in things. I'm, I'm good at that. And he and I were friends long enough that he knew that, I guess. Um, it'll all become clear. Yeah. So, New Year's Eve, because 2019, you know, I mean, 2018 New Year's Eve, we were having our live, uh, Facebook live New Year's Eve party, live two-hour podcast, which everyone should go back and watch. But although when you watch it, you are watching a woman who was in the, like, worst depression of her life, but she's having a great time because, you know, when people who are depressed know that, yeah, you can totally fake it. You can totally manage to have fun and live your life, even though inside your head you're going, ah! So, from 2018 to 2019 was a huge difference. I was so happy on New Year's Eve 2019. And I was thinking about how even though he was really depressed, in December he had started really being like proactive about doing things for him, doing things for his life, working on improving his health, his life, everything mm-hmm. for himself and not dwelling on the fact that he didn't have a girlfriend because that's irrelevant to you having a good life. So um, I was so when I was thinking about how I, I'd been very proud of him. So I sent him a text basically saying, you know, hey, you know, just sort of thinking about the year and thinking about 2020. And I think, I think you're going to have a good year. I, you know, you're on kind of a little bit of an upward trajectory right now. And I think 2020 is going to be a good year for you. So anyone listening to that would not think that the response to that would be 
anger. Yeah, because it's a nice, positive thing to say. Like, oh, wow, thank you. Yeah, you know. Then even if you didn't see it that way, even if you disagreed, anger is not the proper response. Uh, Even if you were sitting there crying, anger is not the response. So I didn't see his response till the next morning, but it was basically, oh, right, like I'm... Sure, I'm on an upward trajectory. I'm sitting here in with heartbreak and pain and, you know, you're not helping. And I go, oh, shit, I, I inadvertently hurt his feelings. Oh, oh no, my I, God. Have to, I have to fix it. So I sent him another text saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I really didn't intend that. And I told him like why I said it like well, well here's all the reasons you know here's all the reasons here's what I see you doing and I think this is really positive and I think you're doing great work and so we'll just you know and I sent another text later basically being like kind of a I think it's a little strange that I offer you kindness and you come back to me as if you think I'm lying to you or whatever Yeah, and and I will say that Amelia shared these messages with me. Uh Uh-huh. And everything that Amelia wrote was nice and friendly and And loving. loving Yeah, yeah. and this guy is just a dickwad. (laughs) Anyone would be lucky to get messages like that. Uh, yeah, think. and this guy is a just a fucking psycho. How dare you say something nice to me because I've been sad. Fuck you, dude. Anyway, yeah, go on. I, it's like literally the equivalent of have a nice day. Don't tell me what kind of day to have. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. Okay. And it's like, God, if every time I was depressed, I reacted to people being nice to me like that, I'd have no friends anymore. Shit. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Anyway, okay. go on. Yes. So. Uh, the Bitchin' Boutique. Yes. Um, I think we need to give them a thing, Spike. We can give them a drop that they can play on their yes. show. Yes, I think we've uh, got to find some time and get, get time to do, do that. I think we should do it right now. I think we should do it right now. Look, I'll show you how easy it is, Spike. <laughs> Watch this. I'm just going to do it live. Okay, do it live. Like that bloke screams. I'm just going to do it live. Watch this. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical... I can't do it now. <laughs> I can't speak. Too much pressure. I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try again. Take 52. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the most bitchin' boutique. See? That was easy, wasn't it? Okay. They could send us one, we could play it in ass. Yeah, you yeah. Right, you do it. Yeah. Right, off What you do go. you want me to say? Whatever, whatever comes to mind. Hi, this is Spike from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, who ain't no bitch, but you're listening to the bitchin' boutique. Oh, that was good. I think I hope they use that. Let's see if they cut it and put it in their next show. <laughs> Diplomatic community. So, that was New Year's Day. We had New Year's Day off. Um, the next day, Thursday and Friday, we're back at work. He's not talking to me. Um, I pretty much, by Friday afternoon, had put a lot of thought into it and realized, oh shit, I, I'm starting to think that I've been in an abusive relationship here because Mm -hmm. I'm realizing how 
I, ever since the blow up of a little over a year ago, when all of a sudden he was just irrationally angry with me, it, it's like I'm very aware of what I say and how I act. And I'm very, I realized that I was approaching him with a little bit of fear all the time. Like if I was to write a text to him, I would put a lot of thought into it to make sure I was saying exactly the right thing. And to always approach him with as much kindness and gentleness and because I know how fucking fragile he is and uh, he's sad uh. and I, it's, I'm all about trying to make him feel better and it's all this weird thing where it hadn't really occurred to me but it was like a constant fear with him and i and i and i will say at that time even though i felt that it was abusive i was giving him the benefit of the doubt and thinking that maybe he didn't realize it and that maybe it was possible to create an abusive situation unconsciously which you'll find out so anyway um, yeah because it never occurred to me you know that to to apply that uh uh label to the that relationship that you had with him but then when when we talked on the phone about that and we used that word i was like yes that's totally what it is you remember right well yeah, yeah because because that well that actually that we that's actually jumping ahead a week because that week was very eventful so this was the third this was friday the third over the weekend um I kind of came up with an idea that I wanted to tell him, but ultimately I decided it would be in writing, and I waited until I talked to my therapist about it, uh, tell him that I had realized that we weren't actually friends, that our relationship wasn't a friendship, because it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like he was getting tons of friendship for me, but what the fuck was I getting? Like I had, I used to have friendship with him a long time ago, but in more recent years, what the fuck is this relationship? Like I'm not, I started to realize like I'm not getting anything out of this. And, and so I was just like, I can't be in this relationship anymore because I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to live with this fear and this worry over how can I act around someone trying not to make him mad when literally saying something kind to him makes him mad? Yeah, it's like being in a bad marriage. Right, and it's like, it's you like know, fuck he's going to go off on me at that moment on that day no matter what I do. Like, uh-huh. I have no control over making him angry because he's going, the nicer I am, the more pissed off apparently he gets. Sometimes, but then there's other times when I'm nice to him and he seems to be eating it up. So I don't really understand. Anyway, so I wrote, I wrote it out. I printed, it's easier for me to type because my handwriting is horrible. Mm -hmm. Printed it out, folded it, put a little piece of tape on it so that it would remain like sealed-ish. And I put it on his desk on that Wednesday because Tuesday is when I have uh, therapy. Uh, not realizing Wednesday, oh yeah, he wouldn't come in that day because it was his birthday. Um, and then 
But then on Thursday when I went in, I peeked into his cubicle and saw that it was gone. So he must have come in Wednesday night. So, which I think is a detail I hadn't told Pitney because I realized later when, so that means that the fury that I got to witness firsthand on Thursday morning was something that started Wednesday night. So he probably hadn't slept. Which he, is so crazy, the fury. The fury. Oh, my God. And I'm just going to say it again. Fuck you, dude. Oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy. So, although fuck this guy will sound a lot different later because when I start talking about other things. So, Thursday he comes in and, you know, I'm, what's, and what's really amazing, I have to point this out. I am not feeling any anxiety at this stage. Mm -hmm. I am so happy with my decision. I mean, I'm disappointed in what, how things turned out, but I'm so proud of my decision and I'm really, you know, and I'm very confident that I made the right choice. And basically what I said in my note is, uh, I realize that we're not friends and therefore you and I no longer have a personal relationship. We, we will work together as we do, but we don't have a personal relationship at all anymore. That's how it's going to be. Good and for it, you. And if you want to discuss it, I'll be happy to discuss it with you. Well, he wanted to discuss it. And suddenly he is in my cubicle, stabbing a finger at the paper and shaking shaking and his face is red and he is oh the mad face oh the rage face uh. and he is like he wants to quibble over words he wants to be like oh well when did i do this and i'm like do you do you really want to do this here like in the middle of the work here like do you really want to do this here or would you rather we go somewhere else so not only is he like an asshole emotionally to people, but he's also a clueless asshole. Oh, he's so, I mean, wow. Yeah, he's I mean, such a fucked up narcissist. He really doesn't understand the fact that he's a dick. It's, a, it's, it's quite amazing. And, yes, and I is. think <laughs> a big part of the reason why it took me so long to figure it out is because I kept assuming that he was, I mean, granted, I know that he's not normal, but I didn't think he was this fucked up, like to the point where his perception of reality makes no goddamn sense, you know? No, it does not. That's I all mean, I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, that, it's like, I was, gi I was giving him in my head the benefit of the doubt, assuming that he had a reasonably normal brain, but apparently no, he has a completely fucked up brain. I mean, I, I don't, it's, it is astounding. So I won't go into the whole discussion, but he is shaking with fury. He is red. I swear to God, I know this guy has a heart rate issue where he has like this tachycardia thing. I know he has blood pressure issues I I swear to God, at one point I thought, oh my God, he's going to have a fucking stroke. <laughs> it's like he is out of his mind with rage. And he's saying things like the first text was bad enough, but the text after he responded, where I explained in more detail 
why I thought he was doing so well. Like, here's all the things you're doing that are so great. Um, that apparently was even worse. Like, he was only oh a little mad. God. He was only a little mad before that. And then he got the other text, and now he really is furious. And, and let me say again that you sent me these messages oh. and there was nothing even remotely anger inducing in them. No, no. I just no. want everybody to understand that from like a third of, party. Right. I went out of my way to be as kind and loving as possible because he doesn't he, like people to be nice to him. No. And that's a very important thing uh, as going forward. So what? So um, but because he was so angry, I found out that that when he's really pissed off, he will be extremely honest if you ask him the right question, he will blurt out the absolute honest answer. Mm-hmm. And in his fury of, I mean, basically, and this and this relates back to the previous year, where how dare you have think you have any kind of right to try to manipulate me like this with your emotional you know, happiness shit or whatever. And you, y'all know, I am not a sweetness and light person, but I am a logical person. You know, I'm not, I'm not a be a sad sack just because you feel like it person, but I'm not a love and light, you know, wispy weirdo. So, God, no. I mean, (laughs) have you heard me? So, but he literally said to me, and this phrase is kind of becoming a badge of honor for me because it's so fucking stupid. He said, I've had enough of your Pollyanna Haley Mills bullshit. <laughs> oh Pollyanna? my God. Me? And you know me? that he was so proud of himself for saying that. Because oh, you know this, this stupid cut that he is. He's so clever. Practiced that line the night before for hours. Oh yeah. He was, he was gonna, he was gonna call me Pollyanna and it was gonna hurt my feelings, but I'm, oh, and I should point out (laughs) while he's raging in my face, I'm just calm. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if I was having an out of body experience. I don't know. But somehow I'm just calmly responding to him. Like, so what you're saying is that I was right. We aren't friends because you're talking about people who aren't friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because if you think we shouldn't have any kind of emotional investment in each other, then we're just co- then we are just co-workers, which is what I said in my note. And then, you know, he's being like, you like like he doesn't understand why like why I couldn't just understand that. And I said, "Okay, well, let me ask you one more question. If we're not friends, if I'm, you know, if we don't care about each other, why did I just spend the last 2 months hearing all about your girlfriend?" And he said, "Because you were the only one there." Oh, fucking dick. Fucking dick. And even though it's an upsetting thing to hear, I was so happy because I was right. Because yep. I did the right thing. Breathe deeply. Deep.
deeply the year of woo. Since this is the month of February and everybody is talking about love and romance and all of these things, I decided for Woo, and I promise it's going to get silly again soon, but I wanted to talk about love. I wanted to talk about self-love and why don't we all just try to love ourselves a little bit more. I've been reading a lot of articles and stuff about self-love. And of course, there's a lot of new agey stuff that I could go into, but not going to go there this particular time. Other than to say, be a little more selfish in life. Be a little more self-nurturing. You know, buy yourself something once a week that you want. Something small. Spend time with yourself. Take time away from the kids. Take time away from the spouse and play a game for an hour. Or go to a movie by yourself and do something that makes you feel good in a 100% selfish way. That's a good thing. You know, learning to live with somebody else after so many years is really making me realize that I need to do that and I need to take time to myself. And it really, really makes a huge, huge difference. And in all the articles I've been reading, what was most interesting is sometimes the most loving thing you can do to yourself is not necessarily be nice to you. Sometimes you gotta look at yourself and be like, you know, I'm fucking up by doing this or I'm fucking up by doing that. I read an article that particularly struck me about how all of this new agey sort of self-love and all of this hippie stuff can be actually detrimental. And it was all about, you know, free love and sexual permissiveness and all these things. And I've definitely been exposed to that a lot. Like, go into Kerrville and stuff, these people are like, I love everybody and I'm so loving and I live in the light and I'm free and I love everybody. And often I've observed and I've seen it in myself and I've read in this article that that's often an excuse that people use to be selfish in a harmful way. Uh, being too promiscuous is a big, big part of that. And it's not good for yourself, karmically, because you're really fucking with other people, even though you say you're not. Oh, I'm being honest. I'm just, you know, expressing love and being good to myself and experiencing this and that and the other. No, necessarily you're not, because you're getting some bad karma and you're kind of fucking with people whether you mean to or not. And you're really fucking with yourself because it's not human nature to deny yourself true connection with people. And anyway, there's a whole article that I read about that, and it was very, very, very interesting, and it really made me think about people that I knew and the way that I've lived my life in the past. And um, so I've learned to love myself. Maybe I need to be a little harsh by myself, especially in that respect of being like, how selfish am I being? Because that's really hurting myself by hurting others others on an energetic level. So I guess that's a little bit woo. But anyway, the month of Valentine's Day, love yourself. 
be a little more selfish, but be selfish in a nurturing way. Don't be selfish in a way that you think you're going to hurt other people because that's not really loving yourself. That is harming yourself and harming your relationships, which is never really a good thing. But anyway, happy Valentine's Day and go cuddle your dog and watch a movie and ignore your partner because that's what it's all about. So the rest of that day, he's just stomping around the office. He's not interacting with me at all. I feel fucking great. The next morning, I'm practically skipping into work singing zippity-doo-dah. I... Yeah, and he sounds like one of those assholes that, you know, like, treat a girl really, really bad that's totally in love with him. And his reaction of, oh, it was just a hole. Right. Right. Well, and and what's what's amazing is that thinking back on all the all the ex-girlfriends and stuff, and he all, you know, he always talks about that he's a crazy magnet, and he talks about himself as though he's just this eternal innocent victim, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm willing to bet that every single one of those women, including the one who just dumped him in October, got sick of his shit because he's so fucking insufferable. That's totally what I thought when you told me that. And I think I told you that oh, too, yeah. So so let's go back to that Friday. So this is like last Friday, actually, like a little over a week ago. Um, so like I said, I'm skipping into work singing zippity-doo-dah. And I'm so happy. And I meet a friend of mine for lunch who happens to be... A very attractive man. Uh, but this guy has been kind of privy to stuff that's been going on. We've been talking about this guy for a while. So I sent him a little message telling him like, oh yeah, we're not friends anymore. You want to hear about that? You want to have lunch? So we go down to have to have lunch in the cafeteria. Well, dipshit, who normally goes to lunch way later than I do, for some reason decides to go down to the cafeteria and he is sitting not terribly far away, but far enough away. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, like, I, I'm not really looking over there, but in my peripheral vision, I, I'm just basically aware that he is over there just watching me have lunch with this man. And this man and I are laughing and I'm telling him this story and he is blown away and we are, I mean, I'm sure he could tell I was talking about him. If he was paying that close of attention, he could tell. And I was just laughing and just being like, oh my God, it's so fucking ridiculous, you know? And I'm, and he's over there miserable because he is just the saddest boy in the world. And I'm laughing my ass off. Well, girl, at this point, I got to say, who the fuck cares? But, fuck but what happens is that afternoon, he has a technical issue that he goes to the guy who sits across from me to ask him for help. And then they ask me to quickly run something so I could test something to see if I'm seeing what he's seeing. Some, co- some uh-huh. code he wrote that... Basically, the result of the code is not what he coded, and we're trying to figure out why is it bolding things when he didn't tell it to bold, you know, that kind of thing. So Uh, uh I'm like, of course, sure, I'll pull that up. Because didn't I say we were coworkers? Didn't I say we're still working together? So I do that, and 
so the door has been opened that now and so when I'm done doing that he starts talking about some other work shit that has to do with like something his manager told him and and then suddenly it's it's things like um oh well you know on the day that when he was gone on Wednesday he asked me if so and so was in the office on Wednesday and I'm like oh that's right you weren't here yeah he was here uh, and then he's like, oh yeah, cause I was off getting my driver's license. And then all of a sudden he's just like telling me stories of, you know, his horrible day getting his driver's license. Oh my God. He is such a self-centered. Oh friend. God. And then it's, oh, and his two, you know, cause he had dental work in December and that's why he's in physical pain. I'm not your concern. Not my concern. You're no longer and a friend. Like, Who the oh, fuck cares you know, about I his dental work? I have dentist appointment on Monday because, you know, my mouth still hurts and it really shouldn't still be hurting. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm going, fuck, I didn't establish parameters. Yeah, well, and maybe his mouth wouldn't hurt if he didn't eat so much shit. <laughs> I mean, my God! I mean, he even he even told me that um, that he he had lost another three pounds because he woke up that morning with dry heaves, and I'm thinking, yeah, because you almost fucking stroked out on me yesterday. But you know, but anyway, wah, 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 wah. Oh, but, but my, it sounds like Verity oh my God. So like like I said, like in my head, I'm thinking, oh fuck, I didn't establish parameters, I, and I'm thinking, wait, where is the line between? personal and not personal and it's and i'm mm -hmm. realizing he's trying to figure out where that line is and he's pushing it and pushing it so i get, get away for a second i run off to the restroom and i'm thinking fuck 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 i get back to my desk and he comes walking up all sheepish and he wants to apologize to me for yesterday and well how nice yeah, i know and uh I'll just say this. Um, in his apology, it was an abuser's apology. Mm -hmm. And I will sum it up this way. Um, it was the equivalent of, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean it, but you know, I wouldn't hit you if you didn't make me so mad. Y'all get that? Y'all yeah. get what I'm saying? So he basically mm -hmm. apologized for how how it went the day before, you know, it's just that I was so mad. And then he gave me instructions on how to not make him that mad in the future. Like, well, when I say, when I respond to you and you can tell that I'm angry, what you should do is, and I'm in my head, I'm going, bitch, you don't tell me how to talk. Mm, and, and I'm also thinking... What makes you think we're going to have that kind of conversation ever again where I'm going to make you mad? Because we're only talking about work. So over that weekend, I came up with a, a, a very strict set of parameters, which I texted to him, and I also provided him a hard copy on his desk at work at, on Monday. And uh, we have not spoken since. But basically, and I think that that is great. And it is, and uh, basically, I said we will only talk about actual our work, uh, business having to do with our work area and our teams, um, 
but absolutely nothing outside of work or personal. And I gave him examples of what's acceptable and what's not, you know, asking where to find the meeting notes is acceptable. Telling me you have a doctor's appointment is not acceptable. You know, things like that. Yeah. Because you don't care. Yeah, because I, I am no longer the girl who sits and listens to him talk. And I told him that I also, I also gave an exception for if a third party is involved, like if someone else from work is talking to us and they bring up an outside of work topic, we can talk to them about it. Like the three of us can be involved in a conversation, but when that person leaves, we are done talking. And the reason for that is because of our privacy. Like, the people we work with do not need to know. It's like if we if we just flat refuse to interact with each other ever again, it would be pretty damn apparent to all the people we work with because of the, the nature of our work. And it would be like, and then people would be wondering, why are those two not talking to each other? They used to talk to each other all the time. And then suddenly everyone's in our business. And I don't need anyone in my business. And I'm sure he doesn't want anyone in his business. So I gave him that exception. And then I said, if at any point you you have conversations with me outside these parameters, I reserve the right to inform management of our situation and let them handle it. Amen. And I also said, this is not negotiable. This is not negotiable or debatable. I am telling you how it is. Oh, and you know that pissed Oh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure he is just furious. But what's really wonderful is how he has absolutely no one to talk to. And I know he's still sad over the girlfriend. And I know he's still sad. Oh, please. But you know what? He had someone in his life who adored him who would do anything for him, and he couldn't make that work. How the fuck is he ever going to get a girlfriend and have it work out? I don't think he realizes that this shit is his fault. So Mm -hmm. I think it's possible that when I first met him, he was the good guy I believed him to be, because he used to be that guy. And then... I just expected him to still be that guy, and that's why I didn't recognize it. I really think that he got fucked up more recently. Now, granted, he was fucked up. There's certain things about him. Yeah, I don't know. You have more faith in people than I do. <laughs> well, and that and that's and that kind of leads up to the other thing I wanted to talk about because I what one of the things that got me through last year. And, and because I had so much anger in me because of what he put me through, um, and I had to figure out a way to get out of that anger. And one of the mm-hmm. ways that I did that was I, I found out that there was this, this Buddhist practice called metta, and I will explain that. About an hour ago, fell somewhere by the table, or maybe the floor.
we're the girls from Despair and Distress. We get together every week with things that creep each other out, like cockroach milk, goblin sharks, Chernobyl disasters, ants, fighting hyenas, fucked up children's stories, the dark web, bloody Charlie town holes, and camel rape. Yeah, so um, I don't really know where we go after camel rape, but oh yeah, we're drinking. And listen to us every... Everywhere you can find your podcast and tune in every Friday for a new episode. Sorry, I'm trying to read this. It's not working out. So, Pitney, you you and I both we're, we're we both love the the guided meditations and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I, you know, I had been using them for a while like you know, really for a long time, I'd been using them to help me fall asleep because I, my, I have, you know, crazy brain, which, which won't shut up. And so I have to listen to something to kind of control what my thoughts are so that my brain will let me go to sleep. And I had, I had found just, I mean, just by accident, I had down, I had gotten this, uh, this, this album off of iTunes um, and it was called like contemplations on love and compassion. And I only got it. I got it like, you know, a year before not realizing that one day I was going to put it on and f- the things that they, this love and compassion, this loving kindness meditation was going to basically put me in a position where I had to choose someone who is difficult to love and I had to have all these thoughts where I wish them well. And that night I'm going, this is a really weird meditation (laughs) because before I hadn't really thought about it. You know, it was just words and, but because, but because I was in the middle of some shit. So I kind of, I started Googling and I found out that, uh, I, I I had already kind of had this idea that I wanted to try meditation as like a supplemental thing to my therapy, like something I could do, you know, every night or every morning or whatever, however it was going to work out as a way to refocus my thoughts in a, in a way that I wasn't so obsessively, mm-hmm. you know, churning all this misery in my brain. And so... I went looking for the loving kindness thing really intrigued me. And I, and one day, uh, I got not really realizing that I was, that I was ending up in the same place, but I was thinking about compassion. I just sort of Googled compassion guided meditation. And I, I stumbled upon this one by this woman named Tara Brock. And I was so blown away by this meditation that I sent it to Pitney and I told him, I said, I, I was sobbing my eyes out by the time I went through this. And I was just like, you have to listen to this. This is just, I've never had a reaction like this. And it was, and it was fairly simple, but she basically starts talking, you know, talking about someone, someone that you love. And then she goes through these things that you think about, about the person that you love. And then you turn it towards yourself. And you're supposed to, it's all about having love and compassion for yourself. And I hadn't realized until that night that 
that's harder than I thought it would be. Oh, fuck yeah, it is. And I was like, wow, that really, that really interested me. Like, what the hell is going on that I can't even wish that I was, I couldn't wish myself to be happy Mm -hmm. or wish myself to be healthy or whatever. And so I found that last year it was a big part of what helped me get through all that shit. But now that, now that I'm in this new place where I am, I have established a boundary with someone who was abusing me. I mean, who knew I was going to end up here? This is crazy. You know, that I'm, that I have established this force field around myself and be like, nope, not listening to your shit anymore. But because I've already been doing this, this Buddhist practice of loving kindness, I can't allow myself, even though I get angry, I can't allow myself to not have compassion for him. And it's, I'm really struggling with it right now because this is the kind of stuff that makes, that tests your ability to do this. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do kind of want to go back into what meta actually is because I kind of just sort of glossed over it. I just jotted down some things. To care and wish well without judging, to accept them independent of ag- whether you agree or disagree with them, without wanting or expecting anything in return. And ultimately, it's a concept of universal love. Mm-hmm. The idea of, of legitimately having universal love because you accept and wish well for, all, for everyone, whether or not you know them, whether or not you like them, all these things. And, and the idea is that practicing meta regularly can... Can you can achieve one of the four Buddhist virtues, which is joy in another's happiness. I mean, the whole thing with Buddhism is all about avoiding suffering, mm-hmm. being free from suffering. And there's all this stuff y'all can read about what what they mean by suffering, that basically life is suffering and you have to kind of mentally rise above the agony of life. So oh, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> and, and the beauty of Buddhism is that even though it's a religion, there really isn't a deity involved. Mm-mm. So anybody can do this. Any, I mean, this is basically a thought practice and to affect your outlook and to affect your mood and to, you know, it affects you physically you know, I mean, it just, it's, it's really, it's, it's not easy. It is work. There's different versions of the meta meditation. Um, I jotted down the ones that I use the most of some sort of combination of this. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live a life of ease. May you feel peaceful and safe. May you accept yourself as you are. May you be free from inner and outer harm. And, uh, and then the big, the big end, the may your heart and mind awaken and be free. And the idea of that is may you get to the point where I am right now, where you're thinking that about other people. And 
there's different, you know, like, like that one, you know, you start off thinking about someone you love. It's very easy to think these things about someone you love. Oh, yeah. And then, like I said, and then you turn it on yourself and you find out whether or not you can even do that. But there's different ones where they have, like, um, some of them you start with you. And then you work your way outwards. You go from you to someone you love to someone who's neutral. Like, and that would be like maybe someone who you don't know them, but like they live across the street Mm -hmm. or you don't know them, but you see them in the hallway every way, every day at work and you really don't know anything about them. But can you wish happiness and health and everything on a complete stranger? And, and then it's someone that's difficult to love, you know, someone you do know, but who pisses you off. And it's interesting on di- at different times, on different days, different people that I think of where I get hung up. And it's a, it's a really useful thing to do and it's very valuable and I'm having a really fucking hard time with it but what's really strange is that I'm actually I actually have way more compassion for him than I think most people would think I should and I'll probably agree with that <laughs> because yeah. I'm guilty of the same thing with people too, you know. I mean, I can get really fucking pissed off. I mean, I don't like, for example, like if I was to do, if I was to be doing a meta meditation tonight, and I decided to make it about the worst person in the world. Uh, do I want him to accept himself just as he is? Because just as he is is a goddamn monster. Uh, uh, uh. You know, do I want him to be free from harm? Not really. <laughs> you know, if I'm being honest. But 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 then but then when I say it, I kind of feel like an asshole a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, so, and I can say those same things, and I don't feel like an asshole. I'm just like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes, other people, they make their bed and they lie in it. You know, they create the misery of their life, and it's no longer my problem. But I'm determined because I feel like, and I've had, I've had, I've had some friends tell me that it's like, wanting to still be kind being kind to him doesn't mean I let him take advantage of me no being kind to him doesn't mean that I forget that he knowingly and willingly used me for two months when he knew that I was emotionally invested in him oh yeah and he fucking talked to me because I was the one who was there have compassion for him but never give him another chance again either you know right but like but if he has a coding problem or hell if i have one there's no reason why i shouldn't be able to walk over there and there was this moment where he wasn't at his desk and this woman uh came by 
to to ask him something and she knowing I was his friend mm-hmm. asked me to let him know that she came by and that she wanted to know this this information and I actually had a moment of panic and I actually I was going to walk over there when he got back to his desk and then I couldn't do it cuz I was scared and I sent him a little message like a chat message uh-huh and I did find out later from her uh, that he responded to her and he let her know. But in that moment, I was like, what? I was like, fuck, I'm still scared of him. Well, like, I'm still, I would still walk up to him with fear. Yes. And I literally have nothing to fear anymore because I don't care if he gets mad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God damn it, I'm so conditioned to be afraid of him. Because it's like, I never, it like in all the shitty relationships, all the, the, the crappy ass, cheating, awful, gross boyfriends I had, I was never in an abusive situation. And this is so fascinating. I mean, I was constantly making excuses for him, trying because my brain was trying to paint him as a good person, even when he wasn't acting like one. Giving him the benefit of the doubt when he didn't fucking earn it, you know? Um, Always apologizing to him when I didn't actually do anything wrong. But because he was upset, so I had to say I was sorry, which is kind of what he told me to do. When I respond like this and you know I'm mad, what you should do is just, you know, say you're sorry or say okay or, you know, don't say anything because... You know what you shouldn't do is try to tell me that I'm wrong. It's like, oh, but you, God, he's such a dick. Oh my God, you fucking are wrong. And it was, oh my God, fucking and the thing dick. Is, <laughs> but he is so good at seeming pathetic. Mm-hmm. And he's so, I mean, God damn it, he's still so pretty. He's pretty, and it's like I almost want to like. Like, be a goalie, and, like, if some woman walks down the aisle to, to to be like, you know, oh, hey. You know, so I want to be like, get away, get away, run as fast as you can. Oh, God, I know. But I also have this compulsion, and I'm going to talk to my therapist about it. Um, Because I now, I mean, and I've been reading up on abusive relationships. I've been, I've been reading up on narcissism, and I... I'm I'm pretty confident that it's not just my opinion that this is actually absolutely true and I you know it's it's apparently extremely rare as one could imagine for a narcissist to go to his therapist and say hey I think I'm a narcissist can you help me with that mm-hmm. because that's not in a narcissist nature because you know the sun shines out of their ass and they never did anything wrong so I had I have this compulsion to no 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 we're not playing that bit see when we recorded this i was still being a dumbass i thought i could help him somehow but a couple days after this i completely changed my mind nothing i say would ever be taken seriously anyway by the time i got to my therapist's office i was like I was going to come in here and talk to you about how I wanted to give him one of those and another thing letters, but fuck it, I'm not doing that. So now, 
you guys don't get to hear Pitney being totally sensible and trying to talk me out of my nonsense. But I just couldn't bear to let you hear me being so fucking stupid. Even trying to edit it was painful. So, yeah. Done. Done! Things are fine. Quiet as fuck, but fine. I'm fine. I assume he's fine. And now I get to work on why the hell I was such a fucking rube when I'm supposedly super smart and shit. Anyway, here's the outro music. listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Although, you know, other people who, you know, it's like, Whenever I say, you know, oh, you worked so-and-so, and, I, and I'll say his name, and they go, oh, you mean the, t- the, the tall one is really cute? I'm like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> That's what every, every, every woman goes, oh, that guy, oh, yeah. Well, he Everyone. is really cute. Because he's fucking hot. You know, but so, so is Jeffrey Dahmer. He, you guess. know. <laughs> I guess. I mean, if I had to pick, Jeffrey Dahmer was more attractive to me than, say, Ted Bundy. A lot of people think Ted Bundy was cute, but no. Oh, Ted Bundy was cute when he was no, young. No, he wasn't. Oh, he was so <laughs> not my type at all. Now he's not as hot as Charles Manson in his teens. Oh, no, 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 no. You know? <laughs> or he's not as hot as Jim Jones in his I knew 50s. you were going to say that! I knew you were going to say Jim Jones. He That's was so what, hot the last year of his life. It's the sunglasses. <laughs> it's the sunglasses. That's what you like. You like the greasy hair and the sunglasses. You're so fucking weird. <laughs> oh, my.